3: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast Climbing in Heels is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women. And this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio
2: app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: I have so much respect for those guys as human beings and as artists and as professionals. You know, you have a whole life's resume so follow what i'm saying specifically as black men it's like so we don't get to make mistakes and be human because if if you want to have that conversation i can sit here and list a a bunch of non-black males who've done far more heinous stuff that you still throwing the millions of bucks to continue on so i don't
3: want to hear that part of the the argument it was a heavy academy awards but that is not what we will spend most of our time talking about we're celebrating the life, the career, and the accomplishments of actor Omar Epps. Hope you all enjoy.
0: at and Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into to work in traffic so slow.
1: sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world.
5: Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: Champions to be a champion, a champion and carry champion and carry champion, a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Raiders, Raiders in sports and entertainment, connected with. In a world where vulnerable considered weak, come and remove the veil from entertainment's elite. It's the difference between what is real and what the public sees. So here's your favorite celebrities behind the scenes. It's refreshing. authentic, the whole story specific life altering events to shape the person that you hear. We got a champion and carry champion. Hey girl, you did it. It's the greatest in sports and entertainment Connect it with. It. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion, a champion and carry champion. Hey girl, you did it. Got a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest
3: in sports and entertainment it with. Hey everybody, uh it is Naked Season 2. Welcome back. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. I am grateful. I want to point out a few things to you all because I don't know if I've shared this, but I do know that we took a bit of a break. Uh, I stopped down and I think that break was good for me. I just needed a minute to get my thoughts together and launch a new show. That is the update. I have a new show on CNN Plus. Do me a favor, subscribe to CNN Plus. It's me and my girl Jamel. Just doing what we do we need all the support that is possible so that is what happened uh we took a break we launched season two you're listening to the very first episode of season two and in the process we also launched a tv show we being me so thank you for your patience it has been quite a week and when you hear this it will be approximately mm, seven eight days since the slap heard all around the world I'm not going to get into it in too much detail because I want to get to our guest. But I do want to point out a couple of things. Today's guest is apropos to answer this question, to give perspective, to talk about what happened again briefly, because we are not here to to labor this this topic anymore. But it was a sad day. It was a sad moment for Will Smith. It was an incredibly disturbing moment and traumatizing moment I'm sure for Chris Rock um, and for everyone who attended the Academy Awards Uh, the fallout afterwards has been even more sad because there's a lot of he say she say blame there are people who are weighing in who are suggesting that there should be arrest and it was and Oscars should be taken away from Will Smith who won Um, everyone's weighing in and I'm tired of your opinions I don't care what I do know is that I saw a man who, in my opinion, had a nervous breakdown on live television. I saw a man who has been pretending for a very long time that everything is okay, and clearly everything is not okay. I saw a man and Chris Rock really be a professional. Like, I'm a TV host. I host shows, award shows. I could never imagine that ever happening to me. And if in fact it did, that would not have been my response. The response in which Chris Rock stood there, gathered himself, and so let's just go to the nominees. Whoa. Who does that? That is a true professional. Kudos to you. However, if you're a part of this community, you know very well what it means when you say things about someone's wife or you say something that someone doesn't like. The culture will deal with you. I mean, look, listen. I grew up knowing if I said something slick to the wrong person, I could get popped. I used to get popped by my mom if I said something slick. So while there was no excuse for that behavior, I'm like, oh, there you go. It happens. And that slap wasn't about Jada. It wasn't about doing something in the name of love. It's about something that Will Smith will one day talk about. And as Chris Rock said, he will, too. (sighs) However... Today's guest, ooh, is one of my favorites. He's one of my favorites because I've interviewed him so many times before. And he is so, so classy to me. And he's so quiet. And he moves so stealthily. And that was one of my many, many questions for him. It's like, you know, you're considered one of the greatest actors of all time, especially for me, but you're so quiet. And I don't know if... That is why you don't get what I believe is the recognition you deserve because you are so quiet. I'm talking about Omar Epps. Without further ado, Omar Epps. Very first episode, season two of Naked. Now, y'all know loving basketball. Don't play with me. Him and Sinai Lathan. Y'all know Juice. Him and Tupac. Don't play with me. He did Juice when he was 17 years old. I couldn't even imagine 17 years old, having that role, knowing what it would mean for the culture and the community so many decades later, same for Love and Basketball. He literally, in 2006, married Keisha Spivey. She was the singer from the R&B group Total. I know you remember that. They have three kids together. We talked about that relationship. Um, And he's been in numerous movies. He has a new movie coming out called The Devil You Know. We get into that. It looks amazing. It's with Michael Ealy, another great actor. I need you guys all to tune in and support, right? It's in theaters now, but it will also be streaming. Support, support, support. And with that being said, I talked to Omar Epps about a few things. I talked to him about being an actor that has created... Movies that has been a part of movies that really, truly define a generation. And Omar has been a part of films that now a new generation can enjoy. And I wonder what that feels like. Who's his inspiration? And he talked about his inspiration. He talked about being married. He's talk- He talks about um, the slap. And he talks about grace and moving ahead. And, and also, he shares... His thoughts overall on what it means to do what he does and the way in which he does it. This is a great podcast. You do not want to miss it. I will say this as we get into it. I'm not going to debate what happened at the Oscars between Will Smith and Chris Rock and neither is Omar Epps. I think we both agree that grace needs to be given to both men and that what we witnessed was really sad. I mean, to see that happen at that level, this breaks my heart. And people who don't have any empathy and people who don't have any compassion will immediately land in one of two categories. No, I'm not with Will. No, I'm not with Chris. This person was wrong. That person was right. And I ask you, don't ever be on my my jury (laughs) because you ain't judging me. I don't need your help. I want you guys to understand that there's always more going on. There can be two and three things true all at the same time. But without further ado, Omar Epps, welcome. To chappy,
6: chappy, and chappy, and
3: so I want to talk to you. I want to begin with um, Omar Epps. What does Omar Epps mean to me? Um, as a fan, I almost feel like I, I grew up with you. I feel like your movies have punctuated so much of my life. Um, and whenever, thank you. And whenever you get to new projects, I always think to myself, it's a beautiful thing to watch him evolve. But the most curious thing about you is your personality to me. You seem very, and I could be wrong, very, um, and I don't necessarily, humble, yes, but quiet to yourself. You don't necessarily seek attention, but what you do for a living obviously gives you attention. Talk to me about your personality and and how someone who seems very private is so extroverted in their career. That's
4: um, that's a well, first of all, thank you. And, you know, I've been a fan of you for yeah. this whole run. And I'm proud of you. Thank um, you. And proud to see your ascension as well. For me, you know, I am kind of a naturally laid back. So I'm the observer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's just funny how life works out. Or there has to be a divine poetry in it all, because it's like. So, you know, my brother, Marlon Williams, we grew up together. He's extrovert with explanation points, you know, to the hundredth degree. And I'm sort of the quiet observer, always seeing what's really happening. Right. And it's interesting because my wife is a people person. When I say I'm not a people person, it doesn't mean I don't like people. I just, yo, I'm, I come from blue collar Brooklyn. Like we, you know, we sit back and, you know what I'm saying? Get the lay of the land first you know and then if we vibe I have a conversation here and there but I'm not the you know and it's and it's interesting because my youngest daughter is a lot like me and then my my son and my oldest daughter are kind of like people They'll just walk up and talk to anybody And I'm like I you know maybe I don't know maybe it's PTSD I'm like yo I'm on the A train right now you don't just walk up to a stranger and talk to him you don't you know (laughs) but it's 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 been um so I read a quote from Sidney Poitier um, even before I got the honor of meeting him when he said, as actors, the less people know about you, mm-hmm. the more they're buying to the characters you sell. Mm-hmm. And that always stuck with me. And, and obviously, this is way before social media and these type of things where you sort of have to engage. But the way you engage is, it, is how you choose to do it. So, you know, it, it, I am in a way a pe like when people actually do meet me or we sit and break bread or something like that. They're always like, oh, I thought you were like so serious, man. I thought you were some life is serious. I'm cool. Like I just want to laugh and have fun, you know, like everybody else.
3: You do have a serious energy about you, but I don't think it's like not fun. I think it's about my business. I don't know y'all. So I'm not going to talk like I, I that's how I feel like even when even you know when you were at e- when I would interview at ESPN. I remember the last time I talked to you. I think I was doing Sports Nation, and we were being silly. All of us were being silly. And You're like, ha. <laughs> <laughs> That's
4: because it was probably so early in the morning.
3: Uh, you was like, uh-huh. Yeah.
2: Uh-huh.
3: Uh, okay, guys, I'm not." To these okay. questions. Yes. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> exactly.
3: <laughs> I'm not here for this, but okay, kids, whatever they say. But you weren't, you're never rude. You're just I you're about your business. I can respect and appreciate that. What attracts you when you talk about your wife being a per, a people person, is that what attracted you to her, that you're the opposite of that? Um, you're not necessarily like, you know what I mean? And she is?
4: No, no, no. What attracted me to her was, you know, her. <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Yeah, first time yeah. we ever, the first time we ever met and we both remember it the same basically the same exact way. It's like the entire room disappeared. Oh. And I was just staring at her like you stare at a, a Rembrandt or a, a, a Basquiat, like what is that? And I was thinking to myself, God, you make things like that too.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, well, we gotta, you know, say I'm gonna have to find my way over to that part of the room. <laughs> but and he was, like, he was she's like, "Beautiful just-
3: What did you say? He was like, "What's your What's your math?" Was that the answer? Nah, nah.
4: <laughs> Actually, I, 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 We laugh about this now because I'm like, she kind of low key stepped to me. So I, I kind of stepped to her. Like I went around her area. She was with her friends, and I was just doing my. I'm staring through your soul thing, and we kind of sort of inched over towards each other, but. And we had like small bands. I just, I just literally opened in line. I was just like, you're beautiful. And and I said, your eyes are beautiful. And she said, so are yours. And so we had, we had a little conversation, but I was still a pup. So my thing is, I never, I never was about having game. I was just about being honest, but I also am very shy in that way. You know, because my family is 70, 80% women. So I know how to, you know, I'm I'm used to that vibe, but in terms of like, hey, let me get your number, that wasn't I was like, that's the shy part. So I was kind of like, all right, the conversation's kinda at that, you know, point where where's it gonna transition? And I was just gonna step off and she was just like, Yeah, so we should talk. When it was like, Ooh, okay, I think that's a clear opening. You know, and this back when you had to get, you know, do somebody got a pen, you know. Uh, oh, find a, find a paper napkin. Wait, so numbers. you went and got think. a
3: pen and paper and wrote down the math. Oh, oh yeah. this is oh,
4: interesting. Yeah.
3: But, but, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm still
4: a man. I had to hold my code, so I ain't calling for two weeks. At what? Because, because I thought she, I was so enamored with her beauty. I was like, everybody, if, if she gives someone their number, she's used to them calling the next day, the blah, blah, blah. So I was like, nah, I got to be cool about this, you know? And, um, <laughs> You know, I was a kid. I was 18. I didn't know nothing No, men think
3: like that today. Men think like that today, which is nonsense. (laughs) But But go ahead. There's a
4: method. No, 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 no. Because there's a method to that madness. Because even if you do, let's say we met and it's like, I call you an hour later.
3: I'm excited. I'm like, oh, I'm cute.
4: No, follow where I'm going. Then you feeling that now, but then you calling your girls like, girl, he called me an hour later. All that ego starts to kick in. And then... The first argument or, or or disagreement that happens, that's the card. Yo, stop playing with me. You called me out. You know that whole thing comes about. So you kind of gotta set like, hey, you know, we're we're both um, yeah, that's why you leaning over. <laughs> <See>? <laughs> you just gotta. I was like, yo, I gotta um, I was trying to figure out how to be a man, and I was just like, <laughs> hey, man, i you know, I gotta figure this thing out, and we're cool, and but here we are, you know, thirty years later.
3: I respectfully disagree but i do i do do understand when you're young that is probably what you're thinking but today you wouldn't feel that way if you met somebody and you were single you met somebody you were enamored with you wouldn't wait two weeks because now we like we in a, in a in a stage of what's next if somebody waits two weeks you're like okay he's not interested he got hoes
4: what sucks about today is the layers of the the layers of how a, a woman could deflect like is she it, does she give you her, like, when we was coming up, you got the number, the actual number. You call you you call in her house where she lives with her, her family and stuff like that. So she can't. Now, Dennis, <laughs> she's like, uh, he kind of cute, but I don't know. Yeah, here's my IG. They get to just deflect <laughs> on all of these levels of, she really don't have to, you know. <laughs> so I'll be looking at the young cats like, damn, son, that's that's a rough one.
3: <laughs> Woo! That is a word. I single you know i've been in very i've been in a very long-term relationship but now i'm single and i think that you are correct i will give someone an ig in a moment because that's translation to i ain't fooling like i don't i don't trust you so you're correct about that
4: respond with emojis i want to kick the phone that means there's no connect like thumbs up like nah that's not what i all the emotion that went into that text and you just yeah
3: If I send Uh you a 10 page text and you respond with a thumbs up, I'm stalking you. And and but I'm the kind of one (laughs) that's like, don't emoji me. Respond, please. Like, I'll say that. Like, I don't emoji me. I didn't spend 10 minutes out of my day crafting this text. You better reply, sir. Um, Yeah, But you
4: too. You're so smart. You know, a man got to think about how he's going to, you know, because you know how women will y'all take 30 pictures to post one. That's the same thing. That's why I don't like when they have the bubble thing now, which oh, you know someone that, yeah. can see you're responding and then it goes away. <laughs> and then it that's that's how we feel as men. It's like, oh, let me <laughs> think this out. Let me not uh just impulsively respond. Uh, uh-huh.
3: <laughs> okay, well, thank you for giving me some insight. Cause if they take two weeks to reply, they're thinking about how to reply. I got it. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? I hey, got man, it. Okay. I'm here for us, man. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Well, first of all, I, I love it. I love that 30 years later, you're still going strong. It's not easy. Um, there are a couple of couples that I bump into, and I think to myself, I'm, I'm so proud of you guys. And look, I know ain't nothing perfect, but like if I see, like sh- the other night, we were at, Shanice and Flex were at. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I don't know yeah. if it was something at the Laker. It was a Lake, it wasn't, oh, the new Edition concert. Were you there? In no, LA? I wasn't there. Okay. I missed so, that one. But yeah. So I saw them and I thought to myself, that's beautiful. And they're so honest about their love and what they've been through. And I was like, that is because I remember when Shanice used to holler at Bobby and this, I was like, it's a full circle moment here. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I used to read the teen magazines and be like, so and so. Cause my mother wouldn't let me go to the Bobby Brown concert. Cause he was thrusting too hard. You so used, to like, used to read
4: word up and write on and, all that. and
3: be like, and post it on the wall. Cause yep. I had, Same I had, it's right. And isn't it weird? Let's talk about this for a moment like, isn't it a weird when we were young and we would watch these people who then become peers in some random way where you get to go and talk to them and say hi. And in your case, literally work with them, not my case, but in your case, literally work with them. I get to interview you all, but I don't get to work with you. How does that feel to you at this moment? You know, when you look honestly, back
4: I, it just, it feels amazing. Um, I think I was, you know, I was 17 when I did my first film, Juice. So I was literally a puppy, like literally a baby. I knew nothing about anything. And I, I so I viewed it from a different lens. It was like, you know, you 17, you think you're invincible. You're going to live forever. Nothing's going to happen to you. You know, you don't know anything about life yet. Yeah. And I so am honored. And, and at this point, I'm just so thankful. That's that's the word. Like I try to walk in a state of gratitude constantly every day because it's just, it, it still amazes me, you know? I mentioned um, Sidney Poitier earlier, you know, I got the chance to meet him um, uh, a few times, actually, but the first time I had, like, a meeting in this hotel and, and he was um, in the restaurant part eating by himself graciously and eloquently as he would. As he is. And, and, um, and I fanboyed out, you know? And I just couldn't, I was like, I already... At that point, you know, I forget, I forget what movie I had coming out, but I'd done a couple of films or whatever. I had to shake this man's hand because he's literally like my acting hero. He's one of the primary reasons I I felt that I had the things that it took to not only become an actor but make a career out of this thing. And so I walked up to him, I said, "Hey, Mr. Portier, I don't want to disturb you. You know, that's like the worst thing you could say to anybody when they're eating." I don't want to disturb you, but, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I'm a young actor and, you know, I just, I just, I, I so admire you and thank you so much for all that you've meant to me and given. And he was like, I know who you are, son. Mm-hmm. You do very good work. And that's all. I, after that you talk about mic drop, my head exploded. Like I was, I was floating. So, you know, but, but just every, everyone that I've had the privilege to work with from whether it's Neil Long, Gabriel Union, the filmmakers, David Talbot. Charles Murray who you know wrote and directed the Devil you know these it's it's part of our journey we're artists and to get to play in the in the in the sandbox together is a, is is a true honor and to have been doing it for 3 decades now uh, and it was
3: a cold day back in 1892 <laughs> but you started so young <laughs> know, 17 years old I'm still in high school trying to figure out what my prom dress going to look like so you you started so young and you have I mean, and that's no lie. You mentioned God, I love Gabby and and that is another reason why I say about certain people, like when you <clears throat> get to meet these people and maybe get to hang out with them, I really see you and your wife at these events. And when you choose, it's it's curated. You choose how y'all move, you know, which I think is is wonderful. And for you to mention Sydney Portier. Like that man is, you know, perfect. He could do no wrong. Like in growing up in L.A., whenever I would see him casually. And I mean, I've never wanted to be an actress or an actor, rather, because I just it's it takes a certain type of person who is built to do that. And it's such a craft that I admire. So when I would see him so humble, the same way that you just so kind and you give that same energy and you talked about earlier, which I did not miss. You can't tell too much of yourself or you don't believe in telling too much of yourself, paraphrasing, because people believe more in whatever role you're in. On point, when I know too much, i.e. Tom Cruise, I don't want, I can't, I know too much. I can't, I don't, I can't believe that you're saying in this film, in my opinion, right? You're not saying that I am. So I think that that is something that is beautiful. So I had a couple of, of roles in which I, I must ask you about what does love and basketball mean to the culture
4: to the culture yeah i think people it's like um it's a classic romance film um you know it's really it's been such an amazing experience like you know i was i was attracted to the film when i when i read it i i got it I, Gina Prince Blywood, who i adore when, this was our first film and you know first endeavor black woman and i'm like yeah let's Let's ride. Like, you know, and, but at the time, and it, it made its money back, but it wasn't like this splat. It, it It's almost like it got greater later, you know, because then another generation comes and they're like talking about this movie, and, and then another generation, and it, even like now, like my youngest daughter's 17, like her peer group, they're like, oh my God, your dad was in the, oh, that's my favorite movie. And to me, I find that to be amazing because as an artist, it's like, we're, we're, to me, the power of imagery is so important. And I think that I finally understand the, the, the gravity of that. and Because we, through our art, get to transcend time. Because it's going to be here long after I'm gone, long after we're gone. The things that we've done outlast us. And so to be able to influence a younger generation um, with positive, powerful, Black imagery really means the world to me, and that's why I take it. It always has, but I was—I didn't really—I couldn't really understand what it was. But for me, simply, I grew up without a father, so when I was watching Good Times, even though they were pouring into projects and, and JJ never got the um, James never got the job, at least their father was there, right? But then along comes the Cosby Show, and I'm like, huh? Change. It's the, whole the first game. time. It and literally it. It impacted my life because it was the first time I saw a functional Black family that was happy with the mother and the father in the house. And she's a a lawyer and he's a doctor and there's always food on the table and everybody's always laughing, having a good time. And I was like, oh, okay. so when I have kids, I want to do that, (laughs) you know, and I didn't even understand the power of imagery. You know, so now that uh, the baton has been passed to me, per se, I'm very, I'm, I'm keenly aware of that, and and it means something to me because you know to have even like with juice, you know, I've, I've DJs come up to me all the time, all around the world, like, oh, I wanted to be a DJ after seeing this movie, like it, it put that, you know, it, it sort of fueled them to follow their passion, and I think that's a beautiful thing.
3: All right, don't go anywhere. We, you know how we do. We got to pay these bills. Omar Epps on the other side of the break.
6: Every
1: Sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world.
5: Listen to "Creating a Con: The Story of Bitcoin" on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: Every champion carry champions to be a champion. champion carry champion.
3: I don't want any judgment on my Tupac story, okay? <laughs> Thank you guys for coming back and paying attention while we paid those bills. Here's more with Omar Epps. love and basketball. And Gina went to UCLA. She's a genius. So did I. We did not go to school together. But when I found out she went to UCLA, I just wanted to say that's why she's so perfect. Um, <laughs> and I support you. Y'all, y'all need to play a one-on-one. Yeah, yeah, we, like I can't I love her so much. Like, she can do no wrong. And it's so funny, we we've never met, but it's a social media friendship. But I always big I mean like I'm just a fan you, of you
4: her. got that competitive spirit, but she got oh, that competitive spirit. I'm too.
3: super like I'm ready. I to, would like, pay I
4: any amount of money to see y'all play one on one at UCLA. You're call, <laughs> you let's right. call it a fundraiser for charity or something.
3: Hey, let you know what I need to reach out to her and ask that. I think that I <sighs> G- Two things. I'll say this. Love and Basketball, they don't make that classic anymore. There are a couple of Black, romance classics that have not been made love and basketball um, brown sugar like all of these are classics where love is centered it just so happens that you are black and we don't do that anymore i such a it's so unfortunate for this generation because they can't see it and i hope that it comes back i mean there are a few but i just but it was much more consistent i think when i was growing up and when i was in college you talk about juice you know i met tupac randomly randomly i was i had a fake ID. And I went into some club and he was there and I tell this Tupac story all the time. Nothing bad happened. But Tupac was like, um, how old are you? First of all, before I talk to you, I was like 18. He was like, OK, OK. And then it was beeper time. He was like, let me let me let me. <laughs> take my pager. Right. He, so he took my pager and then I guess he called maybe a couple of days later. But I had my friend reply. But there was a message. And after the number was his code was three twos, two, two, two. So my homegirl calls back. She's like, who's this? Because remember, you had to do that. People who don't know what beepers Mm -hmm. were, this is how it worked. Pagers. And he was like, this is Tupac. And my friend was like, yeah, right. And handed me the phone. I have that 18, no boyfriend ever. I don't even think I ever kissed a boy at this time. And I'm on the phone talking to Tupac. You talking about nervous. I don't know what to do with myself. crazy. Crazy, right? But he don't know that. And so I'm all like, come and hang out with me and my friends. Like He's like, huh? Like, you and your friends, you you know where I'm going. But obviously we didn't get a, we it didn't go there or we didn't have an opportunity to talk in that manner because I just had my friends around me because I was so scared. But he was, say what you want, even in the, the minutes, the little, the tiny time I had a chance to talk to him and I reflect back on it. He was so smart. He was so ahead of his time. If you caught him out of that, if you caught him out of all of that, if you caught him just to talk about art, to, about what you want to do, how you want to live your life. And I thought that that was really beautiful because he took 10 minutes to be like, so what you want to do when you grow up? And I'm like, I'm going to be a TV reporter, you know, like he's like, ah, you know, (laughs) Ah. (laughs) what was your experience when you worked with him?
4: That's a great story. And it's um, that that's pop. I mean, you know, the thing that I lead with all the time when I when I reminisce about pop is that is his intellect. He was so smart and people overlooked. Like he's just become this iconic, you know, legendary figure. Yeah. But they overlook the fact that, you know, he did, he completed this body of work in six years. He was 19 when we did Juice and he, and he transitioned at 25. And from music to film, you just, it's mind boggling. Um, and he was, and he was that. So being that you got to be in his physical presence, you know, Tupac was one of those people that has an energy that shifts the room. Mm -hmm. You know, there's certain people that walk into a room and the energy shifts, Mm
1: -hmm. you know, and he was,
4: he was one of those people and, uh, and we were babies and, and just, uh, you know, I miss him, you know, and, and it's been interesting because in this last, prior to the pandemic or what have you just sort of, I've been starting to reflect on my own career and my own doings and I think about him because I'm like, man. If Tupac had an IG, (laughs) Pac had a Twitter, like, you know, I, I, you know what I mean? And 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 you know, his legacy through blood in terms of children and things that like he never even got to actualize in a real way, and um, and so I carry that mantle, but I know he's still with me, Mm -hmm. pushing me on, like, yo, Mm -hmm. I'm in this other realm doing what we got to do, so keep pushing in this room and that's what it feels like to not to get you know too spooky about anything no
3: I know I'm here I'm picking up exactly what you're putting down because it's real I I believe that I believe in that I understand what you're saying that's a that Tupac it was a different, and, and now I sound like my mom, right? It's, it was a different vibe and it was a different energy. The, when I met him, I was going to UCLA. I literally had just graduated mm. high school. I met him out of high school. So I was, a. when I tell you, I was, you talking about shy and green and not knowing how to live life. For me to have that moment said something to me about what my trajectory was when I look back on it and how I handled mm. that moment. Does that make sense to you? Because I met him twice. I met him once when I was in a hair salon when I was like maybe 16, and he was with Digital Underground. Mm-hmm. And he was very big and bold. And I was like, I wasn't saying that. And I was, just, he was just, talk- he was very friendly. And you're right. He takes the room, like he took over the room. And I was like, I don't know what that is. I don't even, I didn't know how to identify that.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And I feel like when I think of the work that you've done, you have that quality. What I've noticed is that. Perhaps people aren't as aware because you are so, and I don't want to say quiet, but you're not like, ah, you know, like, you mm-hmm. like you do the work. You do the work. Like I see you getting an Oscar. I see you. I see all these things. Right. I think of every film you show up as the character and I don't know anything else, but who the character is. Um, mm-hmm. And so you have, this world where there's a few of these black actors who've been able to survive and live in different worlds. Like, and now everything has changed. TV is a big thing. Streaming is a big thing. It's not necessarily movies were like the thing, but now it's not about mm-hmm. being a movie star. We at home. I want to watch. I want to stream. I want to watch. Um, and yes, we're still going back to, t- you know, to movies, but how has your, 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 your goals as an actor changed post pandemic? Cause it's not about just mm-hmm. being a movie star anymore.
4: Yeah. It's all, to me, it's all about the evolution. Um, at the end of the day, I still love this thing of ours. Um, and, and I realized that, um, the art is a medium to it that's pushing me towards my greater purpose. Um, and, and telling And so when I say evolution, you know, I executive produce this film, the devil, you know, um, you know, I've been writing a lot, you know, I'm going to get behind the camera direct and and it just sort of, the progression of a career to me it's not like oh i'm trying to put on a different hat or do because it's like truth we told i've basically executive produced a bunch of movies and stuff that i didn't get credit for
5: uh, or have oh. or
4: have co-written but you know because i'm a part of the creative process like sure. the collaborative process Same. but sure. you know so you know how that part of it goes but for me it's like really i just try to stay focused on you know my what is my greater purpose. You know, is this something big? And so, even when we're rem- reminiscing about Pac, it's like when I think about him now, he would have transitioned into easy st- something Obama-like, in my opinion. Wow! Because wow, wow, wow. he was he was articulate, he was a great orator, but he knew how to right. he knew how to incite emotion, and he came from the mud, so he had the people. You know, and the people. I feel akin to that in the sense of the people who have kept me on their shoulders all of these years, you know, um, when you talk about these transitions that happen, like, again, I, I am I'm an observer. So I'm watching the industry shift and I'm like, intentionally, I'm going to do TV, you know, and right out the gate. You know, I hit him with house. And that ran for, for eight seasons. And, and, you know, this was before this is like I remember that was like, Dude,
3: I mean, I don't mean to interrupt, but house. Mm-hmm genius, genius. Nobody
4: saw it coming. Thank you. Nobody saw it coming. And it's like constantly keep because an artist is an artist is an artist. It's just the different formats. And so, you know, here, let's take this kid. This is how I was thinking about it. Like this kid who had this, you know, string of movies and played a bunch of athletes and stuff they, because they were trying to box me into you're going to be this guy. It was just like, Nope, I'm going to pivot and take a chance, you know? And, and, to, and, and I was successful at that. And that just fuels you to follow your instincts, you know, and where we are at now, it's literally just the format, right? Like we, we call it streaming or like, you know, people still love having the communal experience of going to the movies. There's just that certain things, in my opinion, the, the ecos, the ecosystem has gotten bigger. So there's certain things that, my kids, I watch, I just study my kids and I'm like, they watch this on YouTube and they like seeing it on YouTube. They don't want to go to the movies and see that. But this thing, they want to know that we got to go to the movies. I want to get popcorn. We got to get my friends. So it's just, but it's all in the ecosystem. It's just different parts of it. So there's a, for me, it's a, it's an exciting time to be a creator because they can't, you know, they can't tie your hands behind your back, you know, and We know what the corporate game is like. Like when, when you were, you know, the ESPNs and all of this. It's all a part of a bigger Disney. You know, this rules, regulations, guidelines, and that format works for certain people, and other people, it's like, "Mm," kind of feel restrained. But the point is, now there's all these other options that if that doesn't work for you, we'll try it this way. You know, because the people will come to you because they rock with you.
3: That's right. But that's the beautiful of being a creative, the beautiful thing of being a creative. And this is for anybody listening. There's no blueprint anymore. There's a brown print. There's a way to do it our way. We don't have to do it a certain way. There, was this, there were these strict rules in place. And I love that we can deviate. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you. I want you from Sunday to today to tell me how you've been able to process two heroes of our community who have found themselves in a very awkward thought about situation as an actor what it, i felt very sad period that was just my thought i was just sad how do you feel about that as an actor
4: well i would say i would say it's how do i feel about it as a human being right okay. it's not just okay. a, as an actor and there's you know i was actually on a plane so you know once i landed my phone's going off and you know the first Hundred texts were oh, they just pulled off the, the stunt, and then ten minutes later, every, everyone's like, "Verify! Oh no, that was real." And I'm, I was so tired, I was like, "Ah, whatever," you know. I'm going to bed. But, but then the next morning, I was like, "Oh, this is serious." And then, like, I'm, you know, watching like everyone else in real time, or at least I was, you know, sort of recanting what happened, and I felt sad as well. But this is how I feel. I have so much respect for those guys. Um, as human beings and as artists and as professionals. Mm -hmm. You know, you have a whole life's resume. So follow what I'm saying? Specifically, as Black men, it's like, so we don't get to make mistakes and be human? Because if if you want to have that conversation, I can sit here and list a a bunch of non-Black males who've done far more heinous stuff that you still throw in the millions of bucks to continue on. So I don't want to hear that part of the argument. I don't want to hear the You know, you setting us back. Yo, people are human beings. People are going through stuff. And and no, I think it shouldn't have happened. It was wrong. But they should be able to sit down behind the scenes and hash that thing out because I know they got they both got love and respect for one another. So I feel this is a time for us, especially as a black and brown community, to have empathy and compassion and try to, you know, you know, wh- whatever, if there's if there's counseling or help, whatever the case may be right. that needs to be seen, let's get behind that. But we're not, we're not throwing away a whole 20-something, you know, you're talking about somebody like Will. I'm like, yo, y'all forgetting this is technically the first rapper to win a Grammy. Like, what, are we, what are we talking about? Y'all not the first. Away, y'all not canceling nobody, you know? And we get to make mistakes. It was a mistake. It was wrong. So that's for him to atone. But as a people, this is when we rally around. You know what I'm saying? He ain't, he ain't kill nobody. He ain't defile, you know, violate or, or pedophilia. You know, it's just like, what are we <laughs> talking about here?
3: Going on. By the way, I was on CNN and we, J- Jamel and I did a hit on CNN. And Jake Tapper, you know, was, you know he's doing what he has to do because he has to question us. And I'm right there with you. I'm like, I, we're not going to play whose sins are worse and in, in terms of actors because I can go down a list and if you get in a business of policing morality, you don't want to do this. You this don't is what
4: I'm saying. You I don't so want agree to, with that.
3: And and want the,
4: to the beauty of our blackness was embodied in Chris's response. It was embodied in his response was so immaculate that that's what I'm saying. Like, yo, they're going to handle that behind the scenes, you know, but we not. Y'all not. Yeah, you're not doing that because I feel the same exact way, which you just uh, expressed is the same way that I've been feeling. It was a little bit latent for me, but I started getting mad at that. Yes. (laughs) Like, you know, because then the Brooklyn kid come out like, yo, this dude made y'all billions and from billions of dollars. And y'all trying to act like,
3: you know, and and you don't have to say this because that's not your thing, but I'll go down the list. I was like, okay, so let's talk about Woody. Let's talk about Harry. Let's talk about Harvey. Let's talk about, let's talk about uh, Roman Polanski. Let's talk about Mel Gibson sitting in the audience. He's already told us how he feels about people. He was sitting in the audience. Don't do this. Not today. Not with me. Because I'm not right. going to let you tear down these two black men. And more importantly, while my friend told me I can't have other people sit this one out, there are people who need to sit this one out. If you weren't if you weren't outraged on one six insurrection day and you aren't tweeting on one six about what's so inappropriate, you can't have this conversation, sir or ma'am. Yeah. You just can't. You can't. Because if I if, if we look at the totality, I know you want to and I know you feel obligated to. But if you look at the totality this is private business. And Chris's response, by the way, FYI was so beautiful and so professional. I am a host. I'm a television host. I can't tell you I would have responded that way. <laughs> That's why I was I like, mean, oh, yeah. he's doing his meditation. He's centered. He is he, on something totally. He took a beat and continued to present. I don't even know who does that. I don't know who could have done that, but us, right. but him. And it was right. beautiful. And I'm glad you said that. And I, and you're right. It's not about being an actor. It's about being a human because it was a real human moment. And everybody needs to heal. And if you don't have any compassion or empathy in this moment, I ain't fooling with you. Um, no, you but- have
4: to because listen, we're all gonna have mistakes or mishaps or whatever. But the whole, you know, part of this, uh, is this journey and this thing we call life is, you know, you you stumble and you get back up, and sometimes you need little help. And but it's for us to sort of continue to. Try to bring each other along. It's not for us to tear each other down. Now, if it, you know, we, we would have went and shot the man on stage and be like, "Well, hey, yeah, you, <laughs> you know a what I mean." <laughs> <that's a> different <laughs> conversation. Different <laughs> conversation. I get it. Yeah. So, but, but that's why I just firmly believe that they're going to handle that behind the scenes as they should, as grown men. And um, and I think it's a it's a learning moment and a teaching moment simultaneously. Yeah, simultaneously,
3: you yeah. Know, it was a, a teachable
4: generation.
3: It was a teachable moment. Thank you for. Um, for doing the work, but I know you do the work. I follow you. I follow you on um, the gram and I know what you, what what the work that is being done. I do have um, a question. I saw the trailer for the movie. Good. Really good. I, the trailer, okay, I'm locked in. Tell me about this project. It, it's coming out in a couple of days, I believe, and how you decided this is something that you wanted to be behind creatively as well as be an actor
4: man it's it's been an incredible journey Charles Murray and I um was one of my close friends and um you know he we were just having lunch one day he told me about this concept I was like that sounds fire what's up Let me read a script he was like i haven't written it yet and I'm like, well, then why did you just get me all riled up <laughs> <You know? laughs> and that was uh that was about eight years ago you know, and we got a lot of no's. and I feel like it's because the tone of the so so the film is it's a tale of a family, um, you know, it, it's for everyone. It's a tale of family, brotherhood, um, morality, redemption in these t- these type of um overarching themes. But you know, you just you don't get to see us in these type of films. You know, you get to see the others in these type of films. And that's what was important to me in term ton- in terms of the toning of it and the pacing of it. And then underneath there's like this crime thriller, uh, Thing that's driving the peace because that, that notion of family is like, there's nothing like your blood. You don't choose them. Right. And what would happen if, uh, especially in our culture, you know, if a brother found out that one of his brothers might've had something to do with something really horrible, what do you do with that information? You know, and I've been saying that it's interesting because morality is relative, right? Everyone says what they'll do but you truly don't know what you'll do until you're in the moment and it's happening in real time. You really don't know. You know, everybody yap, yap about this, but then you're in these moments and it's like, you know, and it's 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 an event that can fracture this family forever. Yeah. Um and so we, you know, we 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 took the plunge and um I'm just really I've been calling it an experience. It's definitely one of one of those films where I'm going to the screenings, people yelling at the screen and <laughs> 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 all that, that type of stuff and also the conversations are continuing after the credits roll and that's the great part because it's like it's really inciting those those type of man if, what what would I do if this happened you know you just really don't know um and and Michael Ely was my co-pilot on this and we put our hands in the pot and um even like his role you know people were like you know some critics were saying well you know they would basically criticizing his role but it's like oh but y'all get to do that but we can't you know and especially within black culture it was like you know there's that other layer right like um you know we already know what it is with our in a a general aspect our relationship with law enforcement and so we thought it was important to turn that on its head and like well we got to make lead detective black because then how does the black family deal with that you know so it's
3: that's a tough role too, though, right? To be the black the black cop, especially when Absolutely. it's for the c- culture, like how we, because of our historical relationship, as mentioned, with police and how we feel about them. This yeah. the devil you know is in theaters. When
4: it's in theaters, uh, actually, I think tonight. Yeah, it'll be, yeah, tonight it'll be in theaters. Okay, um, AMC theaters exclusively, and okay. then we'll head out second windows as they call them and so forth. But um, yeah, just it's, it's a film for the people and it's a so film So now for they can,
3: they can go and watch now. Mm-hmm. And then what about the other options for us to go check it out?
4: Oh, it'll be, you know, it'll be on streamers and all of that stuff. So um, when we get this second rollout, uh, do you don't know when that up, is? Not, not, not exactly want to say because They waiting to see the numbers. Like, Hey man, yeah, 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 yeah I get it. So hopefully people come out and support, and and um and and obviously we factor. You know, it's a we're still sort of coming out of the COVID thing. So sure, sure. You know, some people, you know, young people outside.
3: Ah, right? uh, yes. <laughs> you know fully, what I mean? Fully,
4: fully. Yeah, but like you know, some of the older people are a little apprehensive about do they go to theaters or do they do did this you, now? So this is still that part of it.
3: Did you go to the macro party? Were you outside at
4: the macro? No, nah, I didn't. I didn't go to the macro party, but I've been in New York filming. So New York is all the way outside.
3: All the way outside. I was outside at the macro party. I mean, I was fully outside like dancing and and, and conversating. That's not a word, but I'm making it one. I'm conversing. (laughs) And I was like, oh, I'm really outside. I got scared. And I went back inside. I was like, I I don't know. (laughs) I got scared. I was like, well, I feel my throat is hurting like that. That's where we at right now. But
5: but I'm going, is, I'm going to the movies.
3: I'm going to the movies to see. I'm going to New Orleans this weekend and I'm going to the movies and I'm looking for cool. AMC to see the devil, you know, because like I said before, I am a fan. And I think that you definitely you definitely need more praise for what you do um, and, the, you so and how you're good at the craft. But I, I, I get also too that my personality is see me. I'm fine. I did it. Press the button. Put it here. Your personality is like it's, I'm going to put the work out here for the people, and yeah. you guys can enjoy it. I'm I'm going I'm going to be yo out here like this for you because you're not going to do it. I'm going to be like hey, you know I today. appreciate
4: you. I appreciate you, and I and I'm 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 very proud of you because I know how hard it is to do what you it do. It's It was hard to come through this road. So, but you're still doing it, yeah. and um and own your space. And I mean that not I'm not not personally in the business sense. I see, I see you, Jamel. Like I see what's going on. It's like, oh Ew. yeah. They, yes. They,
3: You're not going to own us anymore. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like Yeah, and it, I yeah. and I
4: support that fully. Like Thank you. I get it. And Thank so I, I it's like, nah, y'all thinking it's something that is not, because oh, they're not on the, the, the big shiny yes. set over here. It's like, yeah. nah, but they yeah. they really doing it what it really takes. So, you get like, it? I applaud you. I applaud you. Thank
3: you. It's hard. It was hard. It was a hard decision. And you know about hard decisions. But I I had to be I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. And I have to tell our stories. I'm committed to telling black stories. I'm committed to speaking truth to power. I'm committed to highlighting people such as yourself who want to see us win. And it's okay to have black people centered. It's not a faux pas. It is not a thing that you can't do. It is okay to do that. Two things can be true at once. Black folks should be centered and I can also get this money and I can also make differences. Exactly. And I can also, like, we can do it all. Like, like I and I, you know, and I'm not even getting into what happened on Sunday at the Oscars, but I said several things can be true at once. We don't live in a world anymore where it has to be just one thing. It doesn't have to be exactly. just black. Or white. And the more people get on board with that and feel more comfortable with that, then they'll. And if they ever sat and really did the research, they understand we truly can create our own and write our own story. Right. If it's in truth and power, nobody. You know, I think about Jamal. Jamal didn't get on TV to be famous. I didn't get on TV to be famous. We want to tell stories. Right, and we were black people who wanted to tell to help st- tell our stories that weren't being told.
4: Not and just that; to, it, it this is for me as an observer is the black female point of view. It's a specific point of view that had wasn't sure. being heard, you know. Sure. And I and 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 I adore you guys for that, and have so much respect for y'all because y'all are the backbone. I always say black women are the backbone of society. Like, hey. they, like you know what I mean. Hey. Okay, up, can you do
3: me a favor then? Hook me up with one of your homies. Your single homies. That's not gonna wait two weeks to call me. What you say? Kid, that's oh, not you gonna wait two a, weeks. <laughs> uh,
4: You know they all they wash. All of them is washed. <laughs> 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 they, they all washed up.
3: <laughs> I understand. You are you have been a, I mean literally a pleasure, and you have been nothing but fun. I know I took over thirty minutes because I told her I had thirty minutes, but is there anything else we need to look forward to in whatever you're working on?
4: Yeah, I got some surprises in store. So we still cooking. We can't share. You know,
3: can we, we can't share them now.
4: I'll share them with you at another time. Okay. You know, <laughs> when we're ready to blast off. But you know, for now, the devil you know. Okay. Uh, uh, exclusively in AMC theaters. You know, like I said, I think it's one that the people are gonna enjoy it. And, you know, I always enjoy you. And um, like I said, I'm proud of you and happy for Aww. you. So
3: I received you know? it. it the, the feeling is mutual. Um, And and then I'll be there when we get this Oscar because it's coming. All right,
4: let's do it. And I'm going to be there when you and Gina go head up.
3: Yes, exactly. <laughs> I got it. I'm going to tell, tell Gina that. That's great. I appreciate it. Omar Epps <laughs> on Naked, being naked, being his honest self. Such a pleasure. This made me happy. It made me happy. Interviews make me happy. This made me happy. Thank you. You know, it's always love. Always love. Always love. That went super fast. Like, I asked my producers, I was like, wait a second, did we talk to him for enough time? They're like, yeah, just about 55 minutes. I was like, it didn't feel like 55 minutes, guys. I need more time. Um, Omar, thank you so much for taking the time. By way of background, I'll give you guys just some some BTS some behind the scenes. I was in New York and I was supposed to record this in New York. Omar was in New York as well doing promo for his new film, The Devil You Know. Obviously, everything is virtual. We had some problems with tech. We couldn't do it. We were able to get this done just in time for today's release. So I'm grateful. So thank you, Omar, for making that happen and the whole crew and staff, because my staff is so good. Um, and and <laughs> listen, how crazy is it that at 17 years old, he did Juice? I, like I said, that's absolutely amazing. Well, how even, but it's also crazy because we both have this story. When I was just out of high school, I met Tupac. I literally had just met Tupac when I was out, out of high school and I and I had graduated arguably a few weeks beforehand. I've shared this story before, but he was a very special talented man and that was all on display when I met him briefly. And so it's so interesting that I get to tell that story to someone who knows him, knows him and and and, and they can be in agreement. Uh, Omar is ahead of his time and I believe Arguably one of the most genuine actors I've ever met in this business. And he stays in his lane, which is a lane of excellence. Like, I'm here to do the work. When he said Sidney Portier was his, his you know, North Star, it makes sense. Do your homework. Research Sidney Portier. That man is elegance, class, personified. And all he wanted to do was do the work. And just so wise. Um, rest in peace, Sidney Portier. Omar Epps, meanwhile... You are truly a gem. As I record this, I know that you talked about something that a lot of Hollywood doesn't want to talk about. So I thank you for being a voice of reason and sharing your take on the slap. And hopefully it is over. Hopefully we don't have to debate this for the next two, three months. Hopefully by the time you are listening to this, a punishment has been administered and we're okay with whatever punishment it may be and that that punishment doesn't create more chaos and that we at home are using this as a teachable moment receive that message and don't always choose violence in in the sense of I'm ready to fight everybody and go off on everybody because I don't like what what they're saying you may not agree with what I said but it doesn't mean that we have to be in heated debate you have your opinion on this and I have mine let's just heal and move on ray ray rays of sunshine thank you guys so much for tuning in uh and i'm sending you nothing but love talk to y'all next week